Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Stacking Pennies. Today, we are going to give you a how to enjoy a Richmond race because it was a little bit of a tough one to bear, but if you can look at some of the nuances and appreciate the little tendencies of driver inputs and strategies like we're about to cover, you yourself will appreciate a Richmond race that much more. We're also joined by a good friend, Bubba Wallace, right here in studio. We're going to break down all things in Bubba's world at the moment. Also signed a multi-year deal this week. We're going to get into that as well as Noah Gregson going to the 42. Ton of stuff to cover this week right here on Stacking Pennies. Stacking them deep, selling them cheap. It tastes like gasoline, rubber, and victory. We're just out here stacking pennies. Well, 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 here we are again. It's going to be a great show. I'm Corley Joy, driver of number seven Chevy Camaro. Each and every Sunday, I am joined by some good friends of mine. To my right, Mr. Chuck Bush. Joining you on Sundays. Yeah. Yes, you are. Yeah. Wearing the old Canadian tuxedo, my friend. This is a flannel-ish. Nope, that's a Canadian tuxedo. Okay. That is straight up denim. You just call me Denim Dan. It's more like a Merriman thing, I feel like. You look like Merriman did it. And it's not a compliment. Also, not, <laughs> I've never. There is John Jonathan Merriman. Got a lot of great uh, feedback on our co-host last week. That was not you, Kyle Petty. Yeah. Brought some great stories. I'm sure he's comparable. He's comparable um, and competent. And, <laughs> and also, last but not least, front tire changer uh, for Ryan Blaney, Ryan Flores, and second hey. Penny's podcast producer. Yeah, I didn't miss you last week. Good. Uh, I didn't either. But Even better. You're voted off the island. Whatever. <laughs> Two, hours <of> <laughs> Two hours of my life I get back. First off, I want to uh I want to ask you guys, the ones that got to watch it through a television, mm-hmm. how was the race? Because from my windshield, it seemed like the most boring race of all time. Oh but 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 it was probably the most locked in I had to be focus wise, uh, for the like just the longest period of time. That one of the like the most races I could remember ever being focused. Like I was so burnt out on Monday just because you had to be laser focused. Uh, and we'll get into that here in a second. But first of all, from a TV, how was the race? I mean, I, I thought it, it's, it's Richmond. It's a good race. I, I was somewhat entertained by it. I liked the end of the race, you know, like, is he going to get there? Is he going to get there? There's a little bit of excitement to it, but you know, overall, was it entertaining? Yes. Was it the greatest race I've ever seen in my life? No. But you have that in NASCAR. And- well, there's a there's a difference, right? There's a difference between an exciting race and a good race. Yeah. This was a good race to watch. And if you were a core fan, you enjoyed it. If you're probably a new fan, you didn't because not a lot of people tore a lot of stuff up. I got in this race what I wanted to get out of Pocono. I wanted strategy, green flag, pit stops. I wanted all of that at Pocono. I didn't really get that. I got it at Richmond. Richmond during the day in my opinion, is, is the, like, is great. Just leave it. Yeah. Uh, but this, I thought multiple green flag pit stops, uh, you know, people coming to pit road early, trying to draw people down, you know, chasing the Delta, trying to get in front. Mm-hmm. You had things to watch. If you Dude. understand NASCAR, it may be a higher level. Well, I hate, there's not the majority, but there is a large minority of fans that are complaining about the racing, whether it's social media, cause that's all you really see fans engage on. Anyways, of complaining the racing's no good. And the first thing we're going to do, well, when's it due for a repave? When's it due for a repave? Guys, repaves suck. 
it makes it one more like it makes it down to one groove more than anything for at least a half a decade for and five then, years. And then as much as much as NASCAR is innovating on the cars and things change on the cars, if if we went and wiped out every mile and a half racetrack and made them Bristol's, Martinsville's, and Richmond's, where would we be now? Right. We'd be stuck with a lot of stuff people aren't excited about. That Richmond race, I growing up, I was not a Richmond fan. Like, I would have gone and paid good money to see that race. I'd go pay good money to see it again. See, I am a Richmond fan, and what I was going to say is I don't want to watch that on TV. I want to be there in the stands and watch that. With a headset on. Yes. Listening to your guy. Because, like, there's something about Richmond to me that I like being there. I like the track. I like the setup. I like the area that it's in. Um, I mean, I'm a big fan of Richmond in general just because of all the history around it. But that track, like, watching a race there, it's – Ten times better in person. Well, in the restart, dude, the restarts were amazing to watch. Didn't get a ton of them. Yeah, were like Exciting. quality side by side, three and four wide. Other than other than one incident with Kyle Busch and Ross Chastain, people weren't running over each other. It was, you know, and that was a racing incident. It was, a, I mean, it was a solid. It was a fundamentally good NASCAR Cup Series race at an old school racetrack. It was perfect. And I will add, and Ryan is a, an occasional part-time driver as well he can appreciate this there's something to the slower tracks martinsville richmond the ones that are especially worn out darlington you have to be so precise with making a 3700 pound car do what it doesn't want to do slow down turn accelerate you couldn't put the gas pedal down lap 40 of a run you couldn't even get to wide open but i mean you are legitimately tipping into the gas pedal and if you wanted to, at any given time, you could lay black marks down the entire length of the straightaway. And the thing that irritates me, too, about the, the people who don't appreciate it is they're like, well, take the damn restrictor plates or the tapered spacers off of them. Well, Bro. you don't need to when the track's worn out, and you can do that. Like, yeah. that's the product of more horsepower or less grip. Like, that's what you're going to get. Yes. People don't know what they want. They just want to fuss. To I your hate point, it. it was what, what played out in the end of that race was strategy and as the race went on, the guys that could save their tires, because every run ended up being about 50 to 60 laps. Right. So you saw Boucher fire off Challenger for the lead in the last, you know, in the last 30 laps of the race. He said, and he burnt his stuff up. He said he spun his tires twice. And that was and enough gone. to get them hot to where you can't get them back. Because if you, if you heat your tires, if you just think about the rate of which you build heat into your tires, if you spike the temperature from spinning them, it stays in plateaus higher than it would be if you just build them up at a natural progression of temperature till they get to, you know, 240, 250. The slower you can get to that number, the more tire life you have. So if you blaze on lap eight, they're already three-eighths, half of the way there. And he's going for his first win. Well, first win, you know, it's not a rain delay. Right. And he's going for a playoff berth for RFK. So he's against the guy who has you look at Atlanta, you look at old Richmond, you look at tracks where you have to be disciplined and a great race car driver, Kevin Harvick has has done that time day in, day out, time and time again. Mm -hmm. So you get a little overzealous and lose a little bit of discipline and roast your tires twice and overheat them. That's See it, and that, that's the that's difference. exactly what it is. That's the difference between beating a Kevin Harvick and running third. Well the twenty car, you know, they they get on a little bit different strategy and that, just look at the last stage alone. I would love to know from 
the time the green flag dropped on the last stage till the checkered flag dropped, what the difference in air temperature and track temperature was. Because as the track cooled down, it you saw cloudy. you saw guys like the 22 car didn't stay up on their adjustments. They got an adjustment behind, and they finished sixth. Mm-hmm. So you have to pit. You start the pit cycle. Like the 22 started the pit cycle. Yeah. Then the guys behind them have to answer because if they stay out two laps too long, then all of a sudden they lose four or five seconds. So pit road gets really crowded really quick. And then you look at the 20 car at the end of the race – they get on a little bit different strategy, have 10 lap newer tires, and they're running Harvick down. They end up just a natural progression of the run, finishing four tenths behind him once the rag drops. And if he had yeah. another lap, he'd have been there. Yeah. So there's a place on our schedule for plowing Absolutely. it down in the quarter, six wide at Indy and wrecking everything. But there's also got to be a place in the schedule. Like if you watch an F1 race, that is, they get excited when cars get within DRS range of each other. Right. Right. Naturally just organically no drs no push to pass none of that these guys were right there racing with each other after a, a 100 or 150 lap run for sure and i, I when i watched that and i actually texted chuck this morning about pull some stats for me of f1 just to see of like how many races go without any virtual safety cars or cautions because that's essentially what we had we we saw Kyle Busch get chastained brought out one and then Chris Bell also brought out a uh, caution single car spin. But beyond those two, there's no natural cautions besides those. So there are so many things. If you are generally like genuinely sitting in front of your TV and you pull up the NASCAR app and you wanted to scan a driver's radio and really watch what was going on, like you could appreciate the comers and goers, the guys who stayed up on adjustments, and also just how dang hard it is and how much i mean you're talking six inches of hitting your marks or not missing the line between a tenth and a half of lap time and you start what was the last run 102 green flag stops in that mix right so i think it was 125 laps or so 150 150 laps like you are trying to get like the difference of two feet a lap like that's the difference of pennies you're trying to to stack over the course well, of the day. How long is an F1 race? Like average 70. So ever they 60, burn the fuel off. Like, yeah. yeah. It, it, NASCAR races are way longer. They're averaging one caution generally that's like five laps. Like that's their, that was for the most of the races. And then there were a couple that no cautions. Mm-hmm. The other thing, you know, you're talking about the storylines within the race, like where Richmond is now, you've got Blaney and you've got Truex that are battling and, Correct me if I'm wrong. They were battling each other on the track a little bit. Then they were battling the track. Then they were battling other people. Like that to me was the intriguing thing about that race is seeing where that cutoff line is and where they are and what's going on. So there's so much going on within a race. It can be for a race like that. It can be overwhelming for a race fan to figure out. Where do I pay attention? What do I pay attention to? It's one hell of an appetizer, though, to head to Watkins Glen and then Daytona to end the season. For like, sure. That yeah. is like, you know. Dude, I'm so excited to talk about all the stuff leading into Watkins Glen with all these people uh, that we have racing because they're not just like slouches. We have world champions, 24-hour Le Mans winners, 24-hour Daytona winners. We have some studs. We're going to talk about that later in the show. What's overwhelming to me, Chuck, is why Dale Jr. calls Chris Buescher Christopher Buescher. Does not flow. Uh, I've never understood that. 
Did you see Busher on his uh, Twitter said if he got 3,000 retweets or something? I retweeted it. He was going to change the name. It, it, he did change it. it. Yeah. Well, he changed it He changed it on his Twitter name. He's well, talking about on his race car. He's going to change it on his race oh, car. Gosh. Yeah, he was going to add the Topher. Yeah. Topher. <laughs> but, I mean. He's only a Topher short. The old Topher. <laughs> it flows when Junior says it, though, I think. No, it doesn't. I he kept know. saying Christopher, and I'm like, he was talking about Bell because it's Christopher B- Busher, and then it's Christopher Bell. I'm still hours. mad at that son of a bitch for beat me at Sunny South Speedway in Alabama for the 2004 Bandolera Bandits National Championship. Busher. Yes. I've always said he's one of the biggest dark horses in the garage, and he's kicking his owner's ass weekly. You know what's funny? When I worked at Roush, he, uh, he would work in the fab shop there like trying to earn his ride. And he'd go to lunch with his safety glasses on. He'd forget he had them on his face. It was like, hey, you never know when a stray French fry is going to get you, man. You never know. Man. No doubt. Yeah, it, it is weird to see Chris Busher laying laying it told Bradley every week. Now, last week you made a good point about you know with Kyle about going from bias plies to radials. Is there a little bit of that? Like like Brad's been in a great car at a great team for a long time, and he's going here and he's rebuilding. You know, Christopher's been in the trenches. I wonder how much it is of like he Brad knows how much the cars cost and he's the owner and he doesn't want to wreck them. You want to know yeah, that might know not that. be the case. I don't think he owns that much of the team where he's worried about price. Have you ever You're heard, probably right? Have you ever heard DW talk about when he went over to Hendrick and he'd been racing at all these different organizations and then they brought these like yeah all stars. They brought all stars in, and yeah. everybody has a different way of doing things. Yeah, that's what I think's going on. I think Brad's got a way he wants it done. I think McCall's got a way he wants it done. I mean, he cherry picked a ton of really good pit crew guys. Now, granted, that's a whole it's a level playing field there, in my opinion, in terms of learning something new. But yeah. like that organization, top to bottom, is you know they they spent some money, so maybe it's a little bit of the the seventeens kind of well, old hat, and hey. then. Like, don't count him out this weekend. No. He or was, next. Yeah, or next. His both biggest, of them. The six could win in Daytona, and the damn 17 could no, win Watkins well, Glen. Well, they both won the duels. Yeah. They, I mean, Chris won the first duel. Brad won the second duel. Um, the problem up, he has this weekend. Fire me up. Fire me up, Donnie. Yeah, come on, Topher. The problem Let's get has, it. The problem he has this weekend is the last 10 road course races have been won by one manufacturer, and they are head and shoulders above the rest. That's uh, Chevrolet. Chevrolet, I think Truex. I think it's Truex is this weekend. Mm, no. Okay. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> sure. You just don't be don't be bitter. I'm not bitter. If you would have watched the Indy, you work in NASCAR, right? Huh? You work in NASCAR, right? Just on Tuesday afternoons. Do you ever pay attention to how bad the Toyotas were at road courses this year? And then you take that into account. He's the fifth best Toyota at the track every week. So he's got to beat four other bad Toyotas to win the race, <laughs> plus all the Chevys in the force. He's the best Toyota driver at Watkins Glen. I like that reasoning. I mean, he he makes sense. I didn't hear. He what does. What did you say? Speaking of Toyota, how about Tyrone Gibbs? I saw him in the 18 get into a little bit. I saw, yeah. Love I was going to ask you about that. Love that. Love it. 18, what are you, 18 running him, moving up the, off the bottom, or what was that? 18 was hounding him, get, gets him off the bottom, up the hill into one, gathers it up, downshifts, runs into a three, Chuck some of the deuces out of four, like, and then Kyle ended up getting them and moving them out of the way. I'm not surprised Wait, that that Ty did that. Time. Yeah, no way. Yeah. Well, after he was on Dale's podcast last week, saying Kyle told me not to flip people off out the window and stuff, he didn't flip them off. He gave yeah, him a peace sign. Yeah, but... gave him the deuces. That's that is the generic sign of like, gotcha. I got you, motherfucker. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> and nothing like somebody can flip me the bird, and I'm like, 
Yeah, sure, whatever. Somebody chunks you the deuces, you're like, ah, just really cuts you to the core. Dude, Kyle, you, I think the, I think it's getting a Kyle. I saw Kyle kind of followed Stenhouse and just drove in the three and drove straight in the fence. So, Early. Man, that's not Kyle Bush-esque. And you, you really don't want to hit the fence with these cars with toe links and all that. You know, it could really ruin your day if you hit the wrong angle. So I was just like, man, that was – when I saw him do that, it's like he got frustrated and just drove straight in there and hit the fence. But – Well, he's not driving that car next year, so I guess he can well, do what he wants that, to with it. You don't know that yet, but he also finished in he know, is top not, 10 day. Kyle Busch isn't driving the 18 car next year. It's not happening. I, I mean, like, it's not happening. I hate I, I hate it for the Kyle Busch fans. He will find a job somewhere. Hearing some rumors, there are certainly offers on the table. Some Chevy – a potential Chevy team, two potential Chevy teams, a – potential Ford team, and there's also an option potentially with Toyota. But I think we're going to see our little buddy in the 18, guys. That's just what it is. I mean, you did finish ahead of him this week. I know. I was pumped up about that. Ty Gibbs is two for three with beating me in his cup career. So gotcha. I'm gonna, <laughs> gotcha. I'm going to try to even this. <laughs> try to settle this. Yeah, I chucked him the deuces as he was blowing up on pit road. Uh, felt good about that. But the man of the hour, ladies and gentlemen, the closer, Kevin Harvick, you love to see it. 60 dubs. Is that for his age? Sorry. Uh, uh, I made no. an old guy joke. I'm sorry. Man, he is spry for 46. Yeah. yeah. He, Back-to-back wins? Coming off of however long that uh, – What do you think it is? 65 winless. Streak. What do you think it is? You think it's him rotting, finding the, <laughs> the turning them knob just right or what? Something about those SHR cars. They get a little bit – they get a sniff of the victory lane in the fall and uh, they start mm. to, you know, come alive. I don't and, know. I mean, obviously – so I actually got to spend a little bit of time with Harv on Saturday night. Started talking about uh, we built a seat for Keelan for a Legends car, and we're going to try to make that thing nice and cozy for him. But then we just got talking about life and work and contracts and all this stuff, right? And it was like a a lesson from a PhD in the NASCAR experience, right? So I was just trying to soak it all up. Uh, and we were talking about – we got on topic of simulation. So let me just tell you how a simulator works, guys. Um or a perfect example of it. So we're going to Watkins Glen this week. The guy who's going to drive the 77, Mike Rockefeller, two-time Le Mans champion, 24-hour Le Mans. He, is Jimmy, he was Jimmy's uh, Daytona prototype teammate there at 24. He is a DTM champion in Germany. He is a stud by all means of road course. He is now obviously driving for Cadillac, so GM. He has been on the simulator more times in the last six days than I've ever been in my entire life. So... He went also to the VAR test with Kimmy. Kimmy did most of the afternoon. Mike did the after after lunch deal, and then it rained. But anyways, so Mike goes in there and is running the 24 generics setup. Gets going, starts laying, can look at William Byron's telemetry, throttle, brake, steering input, gets to where he is as fast as William, if not faster. They put in the 77 setup that they built off the information that we tend to go off every week and it's a second and a half slower all the same comments that my teammates and i have been driving saying at the road course it's super uh loose through the right handers and just no grip overall over the course of the next hour and a half because they don't guys at gm aren't going to tell you what the 24 setup was right you just kind of like plug this in you don't see it you plug your own in and then you start working on it so over the course of the next hour they get to where the 77 setup was three or four tenths off the 24 cars and they're going to come back in the next couple of days and do it again to try to get better. But we were taught, talk- I told Harvick that story 
And he's like, that was the first time you guys ever, ever been on the simulator. I'm like, yeah, well, I haven't. That was the first time Spire Motorsports has ever been at the simulator. So that was a second and a half of speed that they found in an hour of just tweaking on the setup, right? That's what we're up against each and every week. And then Harvick gets on the, he's like, dude, I don't know how I could make a lap every week if I wasn't on the simulator. So that's the, that's the disparity a bit. And that's also something I feel like as Stuart Haas and Ford continue to fine tune their tire models of their simulator, it's going to benefit guys like Kevin Harvick. Guys like Brad are even going to start to benefit from it as they validate the tire model, start going back to these racetracks for the second time. I believe you're going to see some of those older guys get acclimated better from the tools that they're going to continue to use. How soon before every shop has one of those in it? Uh, so a lot of, a lot of teams have static sims which doesn't have actuators or hydraulics, doesn't move static, stationary. With the same simulation, they can swap out setups and you just get the feedback in the pedals and wheel. Way nicer than Ryan. That's what I, that's the bullshit that I'm talking about. You can come to my house whenever you want. Ron. No, you're Rick. That's bullshit. No, your rig sucks. She but just doesn't want to race it. in the middle of a Pier 1. It's, just, it's, it's got the f***ing Spire set up in it. So, yeah, it's what it is. So, I think we have, <laughs> we have made some gains uh, through Mike going to the simulator. A lot of, lot of gains to be made there. Never been, so I don't know. Um, but that's the stuff that Harvick credits a lot of, credits a lot of his late success to, of just getting acclimated to the cars to figure out aero grip and tire grip and all the things. So... It was cool to hang out with him on Sunday, Saturday night and see him get the dub on Sunday. If Harvick were to go into the playoffs with these, say these are his two wins going into the playoffs, rouse off a couple more, he's in there, Phoenix at a shot for a title, say he wins the title in Phoenix. Does he hang it up? Does he ride off into the sunset? No. Or does he nah. come back? No. Dude, let me tell you. And give me, give me some other names on this list because there's not very many of when – that sucker has the eye of the tiger. Kevin Harvick's look is intimidating. He's man. a he's a cold when blood he killer. He is dude. locked in, yeah. dude. Kevin Harvick is locked in right now. Who I mean, you work for Tony Stewart. You can tell when Tony walked into the hauler that day if he if y'all were. We knew. Be you yeah. knew. Okay, okay, we're winning. Okay, get the hey, get the hats down. We're winning today. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it also goes to the strength of his team. I mean, Kevin Harvick is great. But his team is also great. He's got a championship caliber team. His picker guys, his crew chief, his road mechanics. I mean, they're the guys. And if they're not, they'll steal from the other guys that aren't in the playoffs. So if there's a better guy in the 10 or a better guy in the 41, if they don't make the playoffs, it'll even make their team stronger. That's what is big about the depth of these, you know, big, big teams. Well, they, they stole my pick crew this week. Yeah. They took all my guys and put them on the 48. Obviously he's a, uh, Playoff guy, they need some depth. They made, they wanted to make a swap, so they took all the seven pit crew minus the gas man, and uh, and I think they disbanded the forty eight, and then they kind of made some other different crews. So tis yeah. the season, tis it's the season, tis the man. season, and it's only going to get worse here. And, and and it goes to say, and we'll talk about it more in boats and woes, but the sport has changed. The guys that were on the forty eight at the beginning of the year are the guys that they thought were going to be best, yeah. and the guys that were on your car, are the guys that they thought were going to be best in a couple years, yeah. And now the pendulum has swung. It's a different. It's a it's a different sport than it was at the beginning of the year. Pit stops are different. Everything is upping the next level, upping the next level every week. So it's not over mm. until it's over. And then it and starts. That lady <laughs> then it ain't starts singing again. yet, Chuck. 
But the fat lady is singing because Bubba Wallace is coming right here in studio. Coming up next. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, guys. Just the person everybody wants to hear. Good buddy of mine. I occasionally. Stop you there. Occasionally. Not a lot of people don't want to hear from me. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, the th- two people sitting here at the table and all four people listen to our show every week. They want to hear from you. Perfect. Mr. Bubba Peaches Hello. Wallace. First off, uh, thanks for joining the show. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Why does Freddie Kraft call you Peaches? Uh, so it stems from Booty Barker, our crew chief. Him and I, it, hey, you want to come to Sim at 730 in the morning? Not really. No. Oh, all right. You're, you're such a peach. You're such a peach. You're a peach to work with. And then Freddie will smart off to him. He's like, you're a peach too, so he calls us peaches. <laughs> <laughs> that makes great sense. That yeah. makes great sense. Has a uh, post-Nashville, you yeah. know, you were quite peachy there as well on the radio. Yeah. Is that all smooth in the hood? All good there? Uh, yeah, I think I've I've done better. Um, it's the product of not keying up. Yeah, you know, you just cuss without a button. On. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have a hell of a conversation with myself. But, but man, no, things have been, been better than you've been running good. Yeah, what's the uptick due due to? Uh, everybody taking a step back and and looking at themselves and seeing how we could do better. Um and. I could do better throughout the race, managing tempers, managing the race. Uh, Booty can do better calling a better race. Pit crew can do a better job of pitting. Keeping tires on it. Keep tires on it. We had a lot of of failures on on pit road that cost us a lot of the speed. And I keep telling everybody, this is the same speed that we've had all year long. But this is a product of execution now. We get the finishes. So, yeah, I think that's been the biggest factor is not taking ourselves out of the game. Yeah, and it's showing, man. How hard is that? Like, Corey just has a pit crew swap this week. How hard is that to build chemistry with new guys every week, not only for you but for your road guys as well? Yeah, that's that's it's tough. Like, some drivers are different, right? It's it's Some are show up to the racetrack, get the job done, go home. Me, I am more of like a family guy. Like, I, I want my guys to be, you know, a part of our everyday lives and, and talking about more than just race cars, whether that's building the race cars or pitting the race cars. It's, 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 it's more of a family matter. And so when you have those hardships, you know, and, and you have the, the, the blow ups and frustrations, it's more of, to me, like a family deal. Like, yeah, ah, 
like a Thanksgiving. Well, when we come arguing here, about politics, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like, okay, we show up again next week. But to the outside world, they're like, oh my god, it's a story. Oh, oh my god. But yeah. pre-COVID, like whenever we'd come to your house for birthday parties or whatever parties you have, Super Bowl, it was always forty-three picker there. Yeah, you were on the forty-three yep. car. They were. Yeah, and they they did a good job. I said going into going into the twenty three deal, you know, the hardest thing was was leaving that atmosphere, that vibe. Everybody just wrapped your arms around you, right? And um, and that that was the toughest thing to leave from the king all the way down to the last person on the team, whoever that was. And then that's the culture that I tried to bring to twenty three eleven, and it's forming great and we're still working on everything but they're starting to see like okay this is how bubba operates you know we can you, we can be more of ourselves and not just like oh bubba's in the room the first meeting i had before heading down to daytona i told everybody back then it was 20 23 24 employees uh for the first year at 2311 and i said hey i don't want to walk in and you can hear a pin drop like you know bust my balls like you know, give me shit if there's something going on. Like if I messed up, like that's how it's going to be. Cause I'm going to do the same to you. Yeah. And I don't expect your feelings to get hurt. You're not going to hurt my feelings. Right. Right. There's only one person that hurt my feelings and it's myself. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, or Amanda, she, she kind of says some cool things, but uh, girl, thing. women can say some mean stuff. <laughs> that's so they know what hurts. Back. <laughs> they know what hurts. Announced this week, multi-year extension yeah. over 2311. Yep. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you. Congratulations. Does that take a little bit of pressure off? As uh, you can look forward to the future and continue to build. It does. It does. Long term, the long term pressure, long term, you know, mindset just got a little bit more clear. Yeah. And so that's nice. I uh, appreciate all involved on that. Uh, MJ, Denny, Curtis, Steve, Gene, you know, the, 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 we all worked hard. And, and then the people on my side, Rod, Kyle, uh, of all, you know, getting the best out of it for both parties. And it's obviously been a great match for us and some things that, you know, we need to work on for myself and the team needs to work on to get better. And and we're all landed out there. So it, it's good. Did they write it like a Kyler Murray uh article did you see about that i didn't see his they said they to it was a certain amount of film he had to watch a week or like four or five <laughs> hours of, they eventually got that scrap but they they tried and i was like i'm good <laughs> yeah gave the jamarcus russell like the <laughs> blank tape so you can watch some blitz yeah, film yeah but uh man i just anytime i just race with you on on sunday afternoons i just think about how far we've come from being little kids racing in the backyard at my dad's shop yeah when we were 13 14 15 years yep. old so it's pretty cool to see uh, you you continue to do big things, and it's inevitably you're gonna punch your ticket again into victory lane. Was you were one Talladega last year? Where's the next time you're gonna get in victory lane? Hopefully Daytona. Hell no. Um, Hope not. <laughs> Why? Hope not. Because they're gonna he be can, the ones out. He could win the Glen this weekend, but he ain't going to. Though. Yeah, that's right. Because we're gonna uh, win Daytona. Busher's gonna win the Glen. Then we're both gonna be like. Uh, but yeah, Daytona is probably our best opportunity. Um, but with the speed we've had, man, Kansas is coming up. We were lights out fast at Kansas. Just couldn't get off pit road there. And so excited for that. But there's a lot of opportunities for, especially if we keep the speed and the momentum that we've had, we should, we should visit it a couple times. What areas have you grown as a driver? Like actually physically making a car go fast? Um, the, the, the biggest thing is, is I talked about this, um, you know, when, when you struggle and, you know, I left 2014, uh, from KBM, you know, coming off four wins, you know, was right. You know, you're feeling mm -hmm. good. You feel on top of the world. And then, and then you go to Roush and, and, and it was off there and it was like, didn't you finish six, like 19 times in a row or something? Something like that. <laughs> 
and they cut me. <laughs> it was a sixth place car. Yeah, <laughs> it was a sixth place car. Let's just call it what it is. Play yeah. sixth. Um, but like the first year, you're like, okay, the Xfinity series, Xfinity series is tough. Like, all right. Then it's like, uh, that's not this stuff. Like, why are we running fifteenth? Yeah, you know that's what we show up and we're. So what I'm getting at, as long story short, is when you do that one year, two year, it's like you get into a habit of, oh, I'm only good enough for fifteenth. You know, I mean, you've lived it. Oh yeah, I'm and, seven years into it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, oh okay. So yeah. then you go into the 43 car, and it's it's not a top tier team at all, but we have small moments of success, small highlights of success throughout the year. But you're just kind of like, oh, okay, now I'm good enough for 20th, 25th. Mm. And and it's like, oh, wow. So you get kind of used or accustomed to that and what the car feels and like, okay, I'm looking for this. So the next time you get a good car, a good opportunity, it's like, oh, I don't want to overstep it. You know, I don't want to take that chance. And yeah. the biggest thing I looked at when we went to Michigan to test – I uh I got on the plane and on the ride there and I'm like you know what if I wreck lap one I don't care because I'm gonna go out there and get all the speed out of it that I can and then that's holding it wide open mm-hmm. I'm gonna do it yeah I'm not gonna eh, barely because the other kids that are coming up through they're not gonna they're not they're gonna hold it wide open they also haven't stepped in the fence very hard yet that's true that's true you know we know how hard it, it hurts yes uh and so now I'm like pushing the car to the limits a little bit more. But yeah. it's kind of a controlled chaos, right? Yeah. Uh, that's probably the biggest factor. And then the other side of it is just managing races. It's like, oh, man, first 20 laps, I fell to 15th. Damn it. Yeah. I was like, it doesn't matter. We talk about managing races. I texted you after Michigan. Thought you were mm-hmm. a little bit too hard on yourself. But yeah. rightfully so, that's just how you are. That's yeah. why you and myself have made it to the Sundays and get paid yep. a decent amount of money to drive race cars because we are hard on ourselves. Yep. Going back, if you had to do that restart, when we left the studio today, what do you do different? Push the four, push the four out there, get clear, and then just take his lunch money because mm-hmm. we were way faster than him. Yeah. Now, now it is pick, Harvick. Do you pick the top? I pick the top. Okay. Yeah, pick the top and push him. Um, it is Harvick, so he's gonna he's got to win, and he's gonna make it. You know, he's pretty hard good to pass. Got yeah, sixty. No doubt. No doubt. <laughs> uh, it would have been fifty-eight. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> it would have been fifty-nine <laughs> this weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it been fifty-nine. But um, but yeah, I think replaying that. But then again. Larson lined up behind Harvick. Larson's pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. And Olegano shoved in there three wide, washed us all up the track. I could have been Larson in that yeah. scenario. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, and Do you think that's just from putting yourself in that position more of racing for a win? I mean, that's a product of doing it. Right? Hands down. Like, um, you know, the only time that I've come down to those moments are speedway racing. You know, green-white checkers, you know, on the front row. You know, this was still 30, 35 laps to go in at that point. Mm. You know, you never know who, when you're going to get another caution, but it ended up being the last last restart, and you're like, damn it. Yeah. You know, um, but everybody talked to, you all went, you would have went for the front row. It's it's right there. It's like you have that little sliver of hope, like, okay, you watched the restart last year. Maybe Larson's going to push Harvick too good and up the track. And Yeah, you, you never just, know, dude. It just didn't work out. I've heard a lot of people – Talk about this, and I want to hear it from you. How much of an asset has Kurt Busch been as a teammate, and how has he helped you grow? Yeah, Kurt. Kurt's big on on managing races, and it's it's really indirectly. Like, I look at moments where beginning of the race, you know, he'll, he'll out qualify me, and and then we'll kind of drive by him, and I'm like, oh, yeah. You know, it's like a confidence thing. Ah, we're, we're the better car. Wait till that pay window opens up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pay window opens up. Here he comes. Yeah. You know, he drives right back around, and it's like, 
man, I didn't, I didn't think they were that good. And you talk to him in the debrief, it's like, yeah, we were, you know, a 10th place car, but we finished second with it. And it's like, hmm. I got to figure out how to do that. Yeah. And that's been the biggest thing is letting, basically letting the little fish go catch big fish later and uh, just staying in it mentally. So learning that from him. And I see that from other guys too. Harvick's probably one of the best ones at it. Yeah, There's yeah. been multiple times we qualified next to each other this year and I walk up to him and I'm like, we suck. <laughs> yeah. And we run each other hard, you know, the first half of the race. And then I'm like, oh, where's the four car? Look on the pylon, top five. Yeah. And yeah. we're still running back here where we are. Yeah. And it's like, what I want to do that. What do you think that is? Experience, knowledge, just pennies. Pennies. That's all stacking. over the place. Stacking them. Yeah. There's a reason that there's guys, trophy cases are stacked, and they got yep. plenty of rings, too. Yep. No doubt. So it's impressive to watch, and you pick up on those little things. You yeah. two have known each other, like you said, since you were little kids. You used to drive them to high school. Cause you oh, yeah. Right down. Gave yeah. me 20 bucks. 20 bucks for I'm two here, years. I was, I was looking at that. That 20 bucks down. couldn't go one way nowadays. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Money's money. tight, tight. Corey had the the Nintendo Woo. 64 in the back of the Bonneville the before Bonnie's were even yeah. a thing. I plugged that one up against a tree too. Yeah, thirty feet in the air. I know it's but, plugging all right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, anyways, speaking of that, 2012 Canon race at Dover. That was probably the maddest you've been. Besides oh, the next day, or were you mad? Or Phoenix? Where were you more mad at? Or Phoenix last year? <laughs> Which one were you more mad about? Uh, definitely Dover. Really? Yeah. Dude, it's so awkward. You didn't talk to me for f***ing three months after Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> that shit, dude, we, get to, we get to Daytona. I'm like, hey, man, I've been texting you once a week for <laughs> three months. No, that's all, man. My phone didn't work. <laughs> I was the golfing. Is, is he called me. He was standing outside the plane at Phoenix calling me, and I was sitting on the plane looking at him out the window. <laughs> yeah. just, I'd ignore him. You, you never told me that. Here I am. like, <laughs> yeah, And I'm just sitting here like, should have knocked on the window and gave him the finger. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, Dover. Dover, like, then. See, you weren't even, like, I didn't even wreck you there. What? That's hey, why y'all pulled some bullshit move. We uh, paid off Brandon Godover. <laughs> hey. So, yeah, Corey put Brandon McReynolds in the fence, yeah. and it ripped your bumper cover loose. Yeah. And under caution, you were second. I was second. Corey was the leader after he planted Brandon in the fence. And <laughs> we talked Brandon Godovic into, they were going to black flag us. Oh, Brandon, yeah. Brandon Godovic was lucky dog. And yes. he, and I like was nice to him all year long, waiting for this moment. And I kind of blocked him to not let him pass me for the lucky dog. And I was pointing at the window like, hey, hey. And the bumper cover was attached to like two pop rivets, and he took like two swipes at it, and he knocked it off. And they took the they like rescinded the black flag and put her yeah. in the wind. That was did you were mad? And, then, so and mad. then we we were had we had a little Bible study we were doing on like Tuesdays or Mondays at the shop. So the next day I had that Miles the monster just trophy sitting, sitting there on the, the trophy. I was so mad. Well, it was you and Brandon was there too. Both yeah. of you guys were pissed off. Yeah. No, that was. Well, and I was coming off like I had just won that race last year too, right? And we we're like, oh man, this is a good opportunity. And we we're just like, you're sitting here watching, like, what are they doing? Like, this isn't right. Penalize them. Meanwhile, I should just drove up beside Godovic and just, just, just stop. Nope, can't yeah. do that. That's a nice trophy I got, man. Don't take it away from me. I don't give many of those things anymore. <laughs> what, uh, man? Like I said, you've been in this thing a while, and you said you've been through the ups and downs. The stacking pennies doesn't come from the money necessarily it comes from like the mental victories mm -hmm. that you continue to continue to motiv motivate yourself what are those things you're going to do over the next three to five to ten years as a driver to get to where you want to go uh you know i'm i'm big on just we get into a rhythm and you just keep it going and, and people are like hey we well, you know we should try this no nah, don't don't come in here messing up my vibe <laughs> whatever's working is working 
when we go to these speedway races, what do you? How Dollar do you get fast. around there? We just floor it, man. Freddie, let's do our deal. Yeah. Hey, if somebody's gonna ask him, well, hey, what's y'all's deal? He's gonna be like, I don't know. <laughs> we we do just it. do it. Yeah. Just push the twelve. Uh, yeah. Just help us. I, right into the fence. Deuces. But I think it's just not not overdoing it. You could always when you try too hard. You know, that's that's one of the one of the things you do. Like, look at Gregson. What he's trying to do in the 16 when he climbs in that thing, he's he's overdriving, he's overdoing it. It's like, yeah, settle in, calm down. You know, it's, you're fine. You might lose a couple spots, but it's the best of the best guys. Yeah, like don't overdo it. And I finally got to that point where it's like, quit trying so hard, and manage and try hard when it when it matters. Yeah, that's right. No doubt. Have you learned anything from MJ? Have you guys had any very intimate conversations just about how to attack your craft? No, I'm see, I'm not the person to you know. Obviously, he's the ultimate competitor, mm-hmm. and I've have you golfed with him yet? No, he's a golf snob. First, the first thing you're not good enough. Uh, basically, uh, first time <laughs> you're I not met rich him, enough too. He also yes. knows how much he pays you. Yes, uh, the first time I met him at Daytona, we um, we were sitting at his bus. His bus is on the back stretch. You remember where? Um, yeah, he got uh, parts Snyder, of the car. We hits, were all sitting there. Hits. Yeah, yeah, that was nuts. Imagine if MJ went with a rod out the forehead. <laughs> That'd have been a hell of a way to go. <laughs> That'd have been nuts. But uh, he That'd said, "Yeah, he said, uh, hey man, heard you suck at golf, and just kept on smoking a cigar." And I was like, "All right, guess I'm not playing with you." <laughs> he said, "Washer told me you suck at golf." My favorite is when he walks down pit road, like you know Stephen. No, that's wrong. <laughs> he kept okay. doing it. Yeah. Front change yeah. or rear change on the six this weekend. MJ's walking down pit road. He goes, "Hey MJ, I still play ball." Jordan's like, cool. How, how how often? Three times a week. All right, man. <laughs> like, like what? Like people just want to talk to him when he walks down Pit yeah, Road. And yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. Man, I could not be. I couldn't imagine being that recognizable. Like nobody probably leaves that guy alone. Yeah, but he has enough people around where you can't get to him. That's Is true. there added pressure when he comes to the racetrack at all? No, not for not for me. No. Um, you know, it's it's obviously really cool having him there. Um, and you know, to, to see how invested he is, like mentally, like he sat on top of my box the whole race yeah. and, and, and a lot of the crew guys were like, Oh man, I thought he would, he would, you know, stick around for 20 laps and go up to the suite. It's like, no, he, he loves it. He's, he's invested 100%. You think it, uh, adds any pressure to them when he's on top of the box? That's a good question. Yeah. Possibly. You know, I don't I mean, see how boss. it wouldn't. Yeah. Big I'm, boss is there for yeah. sure. I know I yeah. feel different when Roger Penske's sitting up there, but. You also, it's also like, all right, hey, watch this. Yeah. I'm going to get a couple for you. Yeah, and then you trip and fall and get run over. Not me, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, talk about the other boss, Denny. Um, certainly outspoken about his plans, you know, where he wants to take 2311. Obviously, he went out and got Tyler Reddick, signed him a year and a half early. Mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts about having Tyler Reddick as a, as a teammate in the future? Obviously, uh, we all hope Kurt comes back uh, yep. as healthy and quick as possible. But yep. still an unknown who's driving the 45 next year. Yep. What are the, some of the things behind closed doors on the direction that really makes you excited about being a part of that team? Just how hungry they are to, to be the best team. Like, um, you know, look at what Trackhouse is doing. You know, I'm pretty sure Denny ain't happy about it. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the new teams coming in and setting a blaze, and we want to be like that. And uh, we have a lot to clean up on our end to, to get there, but uh, on some weeks we're, we're faster than those guys. But he's he's setting ourselves up for long-term success, and that's that's the most important thing. Um, you don't put all your marbles, put all your pennies in, in one stack. You kind of spread them out to, to get the long longevity of it. And so having Tyler come over, obviously we know he's quick. 
everywhere we go he's fast in, in one of the cars um so it'll be fun to uh to you know push each other when we when we get to that and i mean mm-hmm. mentally push each other yeah competitively to see, yeah too. right because there's gonna be some tracks where he's gonna kick my ass but then i hope i can you know vice versa and and then we sit down and, and figure out like oh, okay this is what he's doing to be better you yeah. know thing called smt yeah well that too you can look at that too yeah retinas burn out of your skull yeah. but you, you talk about getting better and stuff to look at in terms of simulators and smt and stuff like that there's that's been one big improvement i've noticed out of you because you are a self-admitted atrocious road course racer so yeah myself included yeah but now it seems like you have put the work in and have ran simulators yep. and you are like you're competitive on yep. the road courses yep. now so what do you do on a week like this week leading up to watkins Glen? yeah we'll, we'll go to uh, the sim at uh 7 30 in the morning and on Beachy. wednesdays yeah and i'm and booty <laughs> first time he went he was like man you're <laughs> <laughs> Especially in the morning, man, you haven't got that McMuffin in I don't, I don't even say anything. Man. That's the thing. I walk in, I'm like, hello, and I go and drive. I don't and know if you it. know this or not, but you, if you pretty much tell how you feel by looking at you from about 10 feet away. If, especially when it's 730 in the morning. Yeah. And it's like, I'm just tired. I don't want to talk to anybody. That's it. <laughs> and so now we've gotten to a spot. But uh, putting in the time on the sim has helped for sure. But then it goes back to trusting the car. Yeah. Like confidence. Yeah. Oh, it's not going to step out here. Yeah. Drive through it. Yeah. Stop being so scared. Yeah. You know, and and stop trying to, like, road course, you just got to, like, wheel the thing, right? Drive the piss out of it. There's no finessing. It's not like a mile and a half where it's like, ooh, let me Mm -hmm. ease in here. No, it's hard in, hard on the brakes. Big wheel crank. And let that thing hit the curbs and fly because that's where it's beating. It's like, I'm like, ooh, that feels fast. Right. And they're just blowing by you. It's like, oh, okay. Where who do you think you've looked at the most with your road course stuff to try to emulate Danny or nobody? Just no, try to just, get better yourself. Just trying to get better at myself. Yeah. Do you yeah. think you can beat Kimmy Reckon this weekend? I am excited to see how that's going to work out. Dude, me too. I thought about that this morning on the course, and I was like, "Man, I'm pumped to race against him. I hope I don't junk his ass, <laughs> bro." The track house well, hey, cars have been thing. so Even fast. Road ass, ass, he's not going to be at Daytona next week, That's, so it don't matter. That is true. That is and true. And you can tell your grandkids, "Hey, I wrecked the F1 World Champion." <laughs> Just think about, you know, those guys rarely ever hit. Like oh, they'll yeah. swipe. Bro, the first gonna... time he gets doored, he's going to be like, what the <laughs> hell did I sign up for? And then if we're going to do it, as he's thinking that, he's going to get doored again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show. Yeah. Welcome to the last restart at Indy. <laughs> yeah. The guy from 20th drives the fifth. <laughs> yeah. Like Kyle Busch said, you can't really go five wide into turn one, but watch his try. Oh, we're, gonna, we're going to. Yeah. My God. Logano is going to be the first one. Logano and Byron. And if it's not him, it's gonna be me. Like if, if there's a <laughs> lane there, you just jam it in there. Yeah, that's just nah. what it is. See, I just, I just, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna stay there. And then there, the Freddie goes from two wide, three, five, 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 six, <laughs> six. I'm good luck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, two questions we always ask our guests, man. I, I love having you on and, and breaking it down. But if you had, first off, what's your most embarrassed you've ever been at the racetrack? Um, most embarrassed, like when you want to tuck your tail between your legs and go home. Yeah. That was probably every road course. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, I swear I just thought of thought of this randomly, uh, like last week. Most embarrassed I've ever been. <laughs> probably having the fastest car at Nashville this year, and MJ's on the grid for qualifying, and you sail that thing in there all the way up to the fence. P thirty. <laughs> 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 oh no! Oh yeah, that's the that's that's, the that's probably like that's the thing that comes to my mind first. But I'm sure there's yeah. something bigger than that. But yeah, fastest car by a mile. 
Yeah, because like whenever you don't see MJ after qualifying, you're like, oh no, <laughs> definitely not getting yeah. invited to golf this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, there's there's one more, but I'm gonna ask another one, and uh, you're gonna give me you're gonna give me a good one. So I couldn't quite phrase the question to other people for them to get it, but it's like, do you ever have like a racing dream? For like for example. I would wake up in a cold sweat feeling like I can't get out of the lounge, like they're rolling off for practice or the race, and I'm stuck in the lounge. I can't physically get the door open. You ever have any of those One dreams? night, this no. motherfucker woke up yelling at Mamba. Mamba, <laughs> oh my get your God. ass to work. <laughs> get your ass to work because Mamba and Kelly I went to go like, work. You know, I, went to, I went to IRP, and I was actually it was working on Chase Briscoe's ARCA car's first race, and it was just me and Mamba essentially at the racetrack. I was crew chief in it. He was car chief in yep. it essentially. Yeah. And we were thrashing, pushing it through tech. And I had this dream a couple of nights later that there's a stack of tires falling on me. And I do dodged out of the way. And I, just, in my dream, I was looking at Mamba. <laughs> and I was like, Mamba, get your ass back to work. <laughs> and, Kelly, and Kelly's like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> just yelling at Mamba. So that's one of my racing dreams. So you've never had a dream. I've never had something uh, where, I've, where I've like panicked and like missed something or... Do you have a dream about winning a race or anything? I do. I have dreams about winning a race. Like, I have that pretty often. And it's just like, oh, man, this is an awesome feeling. And then you get out and you're cheering and everything. And it's like, what's that sharp pain in my stomach? Oh, yeah, I got to piss. <laughs> <laughs> and then you look at the clock. It's 3 o'clock in the morning. Dang it. <laughs> Dang it. All right, last question. If you had to pick one race car and one race track to race at the rest of your life, what do you go with? Um, hmm, One race car. Could be F one car. I mean, I'd I'd love to take my chances at Michigan in that twenty three car again, dude. I think yeah, <laughs> just weekly show. Yeah, flying them back Track up, champion. Dude, that thing was that thing was stout. Yeah, so that's what you're going with. Next gen Cup car, Michigan. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I, uh, I mean, I would I would love to do. So I, I always said I w I wouldn't race like open wheel stuff. Like no thanks, especially not on ovals. Yeah, but damn sure not on road courses. Looking at my resume. But I would love to do a car swap with an F1 car and just go out there and make laps just to see. Where would you want to do that at? Um, the most laps that I've turned on an F1 game is probably Australia. Mm. So I'd like I'd like to do that. Call Daniel Ricardo. Right there. Danny Rick. He's probably going to be looking for a job. He might come over and do Project 91 next year. 77. Be come on with it. Oh. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. That'd be a hell of a fun driver lineup. Might not a run a worth a shit, but we'd <laughs> have some pay fun. Difference. <laughs> no doubt. Well, all right, buddy. I appreciate you jumping yes, on sir. Stacking Pains with us. Mm. Good luck to you. Thank Congrats you. Congrats on the new deal. Super. Everybody, that's Bubba Wallace for you right here Later. on Stacking Pains. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.
www.georgetown.edu slash podcast. All right. Love me some Bubba Wallace. Also love me some Pit Road Boats and Woats. Had some woes from the 99 car. About to catapult them boys into next week. Dude. Glad they were stall. okay. Pit stall 40 at Richmond sucks. Mm. It's you, You're, you're it's down blind. there. Well, the, the pit stalls are 20 by 30, and I think they're even shorter than, than 30 long ways. So they're, they're really wide. They're as wide as Pocono's pit boxes, but shorter. So the car gets there pretty quick with a 40 mile an hour pit road speed, mm-hmm. but you are jumping off the wall. You, you need to take all of your jump line, but there's a wall there at the end of pit road. So you really don't see your car and you really don't want to get a jump penalty. So you, you're kind of on your heels, kind of on your heels. You're not leaning. Then the car's there and then you're going a little late. So they went late, and then obviously Daniel couldn't quite see the pit box, slides through. I'm assuming that was Motors. the first one. Was that the first, first stop? First stop of yeah. the day. Yeah, cooked her a bit. Cooked her. Oh, there it is. Glad they were okay. I, I uh, do. I've heard that Travis Mack even walked them down there and showed them what they were dealing with. We were down there for an Xfinity race one time, and I, w- Wilson was our – I said, Wilson, you are boning me here. Because <laughs> it's really hard, and pit road runs downhill, so it's hard to roll the tire back. It's just – a very challenging pit box, but, mm. but yeah, for those guys to get back up and you know, Kimbro to get hit, do a get spun around with two forty-two pound tires in his hands, pretty bounce one off of the nose of Noah Gregson, who by the way was in the pit stall in front of them and missed all their guys. Heads up move by him. Yeah, good job, Noah. Good job for and, not killing uh, those two guys. Thank, appreciate that. Yeah, but that goes, you know that. That's why we wear helmets. That's why we wear fire suits. That's why there's a pit road speed, right? This, this is not the first time this has happened. Yep. It's not the last time it's going to happen. It's not. In, look, people want to cry safety. If you want to be safe, probably don't want to jump out in front of race cars for a living. Yeah. There's other jobs. Just yeah. You can sell insurance. Probably don't want to be a coal miner either. But yeah, it's a rough Black one for them. comparable to pitting a race car? Well, I'm talking more about rocks falling on your head okay. or like a mine shaft. Yeah, something along those lines. Yeah. Like hitting your head, that I mean, hurts. You're dangerous. basically going out to, you know, South Boulevard and playing in traffic. More or less. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Also saw the 66 Jackman from the trucks. He jumped. I, I think I think it was <sighs> along the same thing. He, the jump line got him, and he kind of jumped off the wall awkwardly. <sighs> like he hyperextended his knee. But I always wondered <sighs> that. Like, if a Jackman falls, will they get hit by the car? Yes. And I just feel bad because yes, I know that radio went into his back. Oof. He got up and finished Can we not stop. talk about my man's knee? Looked like a bow and arrow the wrong way. Uh, Ostrich. <sighs> Joe Paterno. He's here. young. He's a young He's a young man from and, Kansas. Oh it's probably tough. Goodness. That looked like an ACL, MCL, nice. meniscus. You don't want to ice But my man finished the stop. Paul Steele. Round of applause. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Hopefully your knee's doing okay. Keep some eyes on that thing, dog. Man, the 11 car, two weeks in a row. You could almost point to pit road and say they lost it for him. But How quickly we forget. He, he was Denny was very reserved. He was on pit road afterwards, but was didn't mince words. I've got it. If I'm doing a good job, you guys got to do a good job. Okay. Well, you know why he won the last race there? Because his team was six seconds better on pit road than the 14. So, hmm. how quickly we forget that the last race at Richmond they won on pit road. You can look back at it. Yeah, but Harvick wins. Harvick wins two races in a row, and Denny's team. Cost them two in a row. I, I feel like they fell into a trap a little bit. There at the end of the race, the Gibbs guys were, were burning them down. And at the after a stop, you can go back and look at the data and see where you 
line up and the, the for the first time all year an 890 popped up from the 18 team so i don't know if they were kind of getting into a measuring contest and they were chasing time what in front of that trap uh pit stop times oh, okay yeah yeah but that's man those are those are traps that you fall into when you get to this time of year we've had since nashville we really haven't had a pit heavy race and this was a time for everybody to kind of nut up and get after it 890 and, and you look as an official Official dime? They say it's faster, but I just trust the science. And yeah. I go off in NASCAR's times. That's it. So it was an 8-9 on that. And um, I told them, welcome to the 8-9 club, because we did one in the last stop of uh, That's uh, all-star qualifying. That's moving and grooving. But from when you look at the mechanics where breakdown from first to 24th, less than a second gap. I mean, that is that is pretty tight. So four-car wins the weekend. Pretty impressive for a lot I of teams. I saw a moment out of the old 12 team, everybody's raising their hands, looked like they were at an EDM concert. What was going on there? Just that's it. They put some techno You're on the vibing. Radio. He put was some, teaching them some Jersey moves. Josh Williams queued up with some. Hey, hey, stop this car. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> we're about to lose four weeks. Yeah, Jim Tan pit stop. <laughs> there was a left rear that sometimes it's like they'll get aluminum shavings on the threads and they'll run up slow. And, uh, it just looked like it ran up a little slow and couldn't quite tell if it was tight or not. And uh, going back and, but you know, under green flag stop, you leave pit road. I don't think anybody did, did anything wrong. I don't think Graham did anything wrong dropping the jack, but it just ran up slow and couldn't quite tell if it got there or not. Did and it? And Zach is pretty reserved. So Zach is like once his, Zach Price, one of the best rear tire changers on pit road. He, well, he doesn't he want to take a vacation either. Well, he also wants to get tight and right, you know? So he turned around and was like, no, 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 it's not right. But the car had already left. And where we are in points, take that risk. Once you watched the helmet cam, it was questionable, but not enough to bring him back down. Hmm. And it made the whole run. What so. was he saying on the radio? Wasn't he, wasn't he saying it felt weird on the radio? Uh, he was saying it felt weird, which gave me a little bit of anxiety. But then I realized that the sun was going down oh. and the track was taking a shift. So it started to get, you know. Track went big free once the sun went down. Big or, free. Uh, actually, it wasn't so much sun going down as much as it was shade. Same I'll, thing. I'll tell you what. The mechanics wear. Race at the top. Heating up. And only three tenths separate the one and the three car. And the 18 had a hell of a performance this week. So they are. Uh, so they don't reset this for the playoffs they or do. nothing? They will reset it for the playoffs. So there's a regular season champion of uh, the impact. No, I think just the top 20. They and reset they, those. I believe so. And then it's for the ten, next 10 weeks, hundred grand to the pit stop, pit grand. crew. How do you like your chances? Uh, right now, the 12 car is not in the top 20, so not very good. Oh, no. Yeah, they had a – Can you get there? Nah, I think they had a rough start of the season because it's not just pit That's, stop time. It's also gain and loss on pit road. And I think after the first four races, the 12 car was like minus 120. Mm. So it's hard to come back from I was going to say, there's a reason they brought Don't you bring there. me into this. Hey, I'm <laughs> – I'm saying you're good. Are you not that good? That's just what it is. He's trying to compliment you. Your nuts are tight this weekend. Don't give me. We got uh, we got backward stops going to the Glen this weekend. Yeah, You'll Watkins Glen, another place. Pit pit boxes are about the same size as Richmond, coming backwards, and there's a big downhill slope after the start finish. Line. Yep. So one thing you see a lot of here, since the boxes are a little bit tighter front to back, the driver when they drop the jack and they crank the wheel to the left to pull out, you see Clip you see. Uh, you see people get hit, but you also see gas cans get drugged. So I don't know that the race will be won on pit road, but it certainly can be lost there. Also, obviously driving through too many boxes, it seems to be a, a, 
a common penalty at the road courses when you're pitting backwards, as well as with, as you mentioned, the downward slant, pretty big elevation drop in turn one. You might see some uncontrolled tires. Any chance of rain? It's like 50% on Sunday. That'd be wild, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure you guys stay tuned for 3 p.m. Sunday on USA. Make sure they might have to get them sprinkle tires out. Who knows? Wet and wild, baby. Wet and wild, just like just like Chuck likes them. That's Pit Road Boats and Woes. Stay tuned. We're going to break down Watkins Glen next. Headed to the Glen this weekend. I'm kind of pumped up about it. I feel like my personal opinion, Watkins Glen is the best stock car road course in the country. I think Sonoma is a little bit too slow and technical and worn out. I feel like Road America is better suited. It's super narrow, originally built for F1 and motorcycles. Um, the Roval is just meh. But Watkins Glen is fast and flowy. It's so smooth. I was going to say smooth, smooth and flowy is the way it comes across on TV in the go. It's it's just it's a, amazing. It's a perfect road course for our stock cars. I love it. But the biggest news and story is obviously Daniel Kvyat. <laughs> nope. I'm excited <laughs> about him because there's only two other guys in the field uh, that have some F1 podiums. But uh, we have – Seven countries represented on Sunday afternoon. I think that's a big deal. Yeah. I think it's a really big deal. Uh, obviously, Kimi Raikkonen, 2007 F1 world champion, is going to be driving that 91 car for track house racing. And I loved Kimi trying his hand at NASCAR the first time when he drove that truck and Xfinity car, but now he's on the big show. Perky jerky. The perky jerky Toyota. But now he's driving the iLock something. Chevy Camaro doesn't matter what he's driving. Where does he finish, Merriman? Twenty-six, twenty-eighth. I think he's finished better than that. Put some respect. You got to. You got to think. Uh, track house cars. Watch. Track house cars have been up front and won. What two? Or all th- but one. Yeah, all but one of these road courses. Road courses. Okay, but where's Kimmy been? Not in the track house. Car. In a Formula One car. Yeah. Racing for the world championship. Put some respect on a man's name. I will, but... I He's mean, also getting more time in a stock car on a road course than I'm getting in the last five years. All right. I, I'm with you, though. Like He's got to earn it, right? Like, yeah. like there hasn't been great he's, crossovers in the I past. Somebody's going to wreck him. Well, like you heard Bubba say, when the first time somebody doors him, he's going to be like, what the hell did I sign up for? Because it's not just going to be one guy dooring him. It's going to be the other seven people around him. And there's like... I feel like there's some general gentleman's agreement... Uh, between open wheel guys, because you know, if you go in there and launch off a wheel, you could end that guy's life or hurt that person. I, right? I'll say this: you can't even touch him. You said fifty percent chance of rain. If it rains, I would say he has a opportunity for a top ten. Yeah. If it doesn't rain, he's not finishing above twenty eighth. You heard it here first. Twenty fifth. I think the over under is twenty fifth. I I don't see him running much worse than eighteenth. Worse than eighteenth? I don't. I mean, I think that. I think that you your average running position on road course is like 18th to 25th. I can assure and he's you, sitting so. on a better horse than yours. That's where you ran most of the Indy. Yeah, that's true. I think that if any of these guys on the list, minus Suarez because he represents Mexico, winner Sonoma, he's going to get the job done. Loris Hesemans from the Netherlands, Daniel Kvyat from Russia, Kimi Räikkönen from Finland, Mike Rockefeller uh, driving the 77. 
he is one of the best road course racers in the world at the moment. I think he's one of the most underrated guys probably on this list because nobody's really heard of him. Uh, he's from Germany, and Kyle Tilly is from the United Kingdom. If any of these guys on this list finish in the top 20, I feel like that should be looked at as a What word. about Joey Hand? Is he there? Joey Hand's an American. Yeah, I understand that. He's in we're 15, just talking yeah. about We're talking about, like, we're not road only talking ringers. about, yes, people from So Joey Hand but. probably has the most stock car experience out of all these guys. He's been fast every time he's been in that thing. But his best finish is 21st. This guy's like, you f***ing spin him out. That's what it is, man. <laughs> because that's, like... The general mindset is like, we don't have to race this guy next week or even anymore. So, so if you're going to try to get some point or some money, who are you going to wreck? I was going to say, you're going to wreck the guy you got to go draft with next week at Daytona? No, you're going to ship the guy from Russia. <laughs> how, how do you see, <laughs> that's just how it works. How do you see stage racing? Obviously, you guys are going to go for stage points if you don't think you have a car that can win the race. Truex is probably going to be doing the same thing. You guys are going to be racing the 19, I feel like, if you don't have a car that you think can win. So, like, people in those odd situations or, you know, people want to get playoff points, like, that that shuffles the field so much now at road courses with strategy and stuff like that. How do you and, – and will it affect guys that have nothing to gain other than a race win or the highest finishing position at the end of the race? Well, the only way you can win a – road course race now is by flipping the stage. That's the only way you can do it. You won't be able to run the stage, second stage out long, pit, and come out 15th and drive back to the front. That's just the tire fall off's not there, and the aero detriment of dirty air is just it's going to be way too much at, at Watkins Glen to overcome. So you have to make one choice or the other. Are you going for stage points to try to continue to gap yourself, whether it's the 12 to the 19 or close that gap from the 19 to the 12, or do you try to win the race? So with that said, I'm thinking like if if these guys are staying out there trying to win the race, and you got people who flip the stage behind them, I just think it's going to make a mess. Oh, it's definitely going to make a mess. It's going to be less of a mess, I feel like, at Watkins Glen than it will than it has been at the other short tracks or, or the road courses. So I think you'll see guys. It'll, it'll be a fluid situation. I think. The 12 and the 19 specifically are going to evaluate how much speed are in their cars if they have what it takes to win the race straight up and then then change it from there. But I think you'll see guys that are from 18th to, you know, wherever I'm running 25th stay out and get stage points just to feel good because that's right where you're going to probably blend after you take four tires and resume after the stage break. Speaking of fluid situations, I feel like they should take the last place running car on the last lap, make them blow up and get oil all over the track like they did that year oh my god with finishes the best no, last lap yeah. it's unbelievable unbelievable every every uh white flag of every race they just oil the track down if you're running last push the clutch in and help us all out i'm not gonna be running last i'll probably be closer to running last than running first like if you drop a cylinder or two yeah cylinder just i'd pull one out of the bottom for sure to make yeah. a good race out of it <laughs> just pull up in the one for sure <laughs> Yeah, and then drag it, like weave back and forth. Yeah. Man, what an electric finish that was. Do you think – you didn't? Hey, out of this list of foreigners, guys, besides Torres, Mike Rockefeller, Kimi Raikkonen, who finishes higher? Raikkonen. Kimi, Kimi Raikkonen. Raikkonen or Corey LaJoy, who finishes higher? Corey LaJoy. Kimi Raikkonen. Dude, he's, Kimi. In, he's in a car that is, so is he. better than the field. The top, he's in a top it, five car. It, it, is Do it, we know that for? He's in a top five car. 
I mean, now, I, I, it's gonna be he doesn't have the one pick crew by any means, right? Like, I don't yeah. know who they've got together. I think Fiedler might be on the back. But they're not bad guys. Like, the, yeah. the gap is closer than it was, you know, with five lug nuts. But there, I still – There is no way somebody who has not been on a road course race, I don't care what car they're in, if they've got those blue turtle shells from Mario Kart, there's no way that they're getting in a stock car around 40 other people on a road course and finishing – I I don't. You're not talking about just some Joe Blow at yeah. GoPro Motorplex. When's the last time you're Kenny talking about a race car? A he ain't been a race car in a year. Formula One. It doesn't world matter. World champion. I think he might have driven a go kart or something. Okay. What, dude? I put some I respect. Get, I respect. We're him, not but talking. I'm like, you know, I agree with you. Don't I, hype him up and like all the fans will be like, "Oh, Corey said Kimi Raikkonen's going to be the next Dale Earnhardt on the road course." No, I didn't. He's I say a, if he can finish in the top 20, we'll be he should amazing. pop a champagne bottle. Sure. I'm He's also, also 42 years old, and that championship was in 07. And I'm not I'm not disrespecting that by any means, but it's that's asking a lot. How old's Harvick? Harvick does but his But he's been pretty good week for 40-year-olds. Okay, he's been Jimmy Johnson. 22 years. I agree. Jimmy Johnson, greatest stock car driver of our generation. You better not say one bad thing you. about Jimmy. I'm going to close this. <laughs> I'm with you. Chair this is my point. I want Jimmy to do well in it. I better want him to right win. Better stop right there, Chuck. I would like I'm to see punch you Kimmy in the face. do well. Say one bad thing about I, I would love to see him in the top five, but realistically, I think he's going to be about 19th to 25th. Yeah. Good, I truly yeah. understand what you're saying. Like I get the crossovers and situations like this, this before have been a little bit of a letdown where they don't run very well. I don't even All think... I'm, my only point is that he is in a better car than anybody that has ever done this at like at the time. Like yeah. In this situation sure. right now, the timing couldn't be better to drive a track house car at a road course, a Chevrolet, yeah. and come in... With a team that knows what this is, is that on is, the like, line. That is this fair. is the best opportunity that one of these guys has had to actually be in a yeah. car that can... Yeah. Really win this race. It's but, not just a team that's yes. saying, oh, let's get a name and put it in this car just right. to get people there. But with it's who a team that realizes with who he's what going they need to be to racing happen. around when he starts the race. I agree. If he can keep the nose clean where he starts the race and where he ends the race, his lap times are obviously going to be better. Yeah. He's got to survive. You know where he's what, what, I mean, when he qualifies, you think he's going to qualify inside the top 20? And when he starts racing, you think he's not going to drop back? Like, if, I didn't go, if I didn't go to. My gambling course is the beginning of the year per NASCAR. I would bet you right now, but I can't I, do that. You can bet lunch. What would you bet? I would bet you. that Kimmy does better than whatever he thinks he's going to do. How about this? I said 28. I, I, I feel lunch. like something with push-ups. Like, uh, uh, push-up pops, position, maybe? I'll bet you 20 push-ups. push-ups he finishes better than 28. It would take him three days. Yeah, it would. I'd give you 25th. I think 24th is the over-under on, on Kimmy, and it might be way better because they also – Mind you, change the rules for Kimi Räikkönen in terms of the driver test. Never has in the last 15 years has anybody been able to jump in a car and have an all-day track day in something before. So here's the other thing: I don't mind changing the rules for a world champion, but let's just throw it out there. And and a team that's ha- already has the best road course road pack. course cars got a whole nother day of testing and yeah, know, uh, data. I mean, yeah, not quite. R- RCR has the best road course cars. Hypothetical situation. End of the race. The three track house cars are up there at the end. Nobody's letting anybody go. They're not letting Kimmy win. Who you like winning? Ross. Here's what what I think is going to be so different for him is going to be the first time he gets doored. Yeah. Is a matter, like, does he pull the pin and lose his mind and smash into the next guy for running into him? Or 
does he settle in because and know just understand that it's you're going to get run into on a restart. You're going to get run it. You're going to stump, somebody's going to stuff it on your right side of the bus stop when you're going 175 miles an hour. What if you accidentally wreck him? What does that do for you? It'd be an honor. <laughs> well, you you would hope, and you and don't I'll say, know. see you see you next week, Kimmy. Oh, sorry, you're not coming back ever again. But you would hope that one, he's putting the work in because he's a world class guy. But two, he's got people around him that we've made these mistakes before, where we've brought guys to these racetracks and yeah. it hasn't worked out. But he's got a lot of smart people at Trackhouse, guys Grubb, like Darian Grubb and Justin Marks, who's been a competitor himself, who are obviously not going to go. Uh, yeah, good luck. They're going to be like, hey, man, these guys are ruthless. Yeah. He's going to watch film. Yeah. He can can watch SMT. He can watch the last restart at Indy and know what he's in for. Yeah. On those uh, simulators and all that stuff, can you uh, simulate somebody doing you? Like, could they have, like, engineered it to where on this, like, they know that somebody's going to. No. They don't have it's a... all single car stuff. They, they might put have... a ghost car out there. Because, like, you know, like a lot of the combat simulators in the military, they can put different parameters in there to see how you react to those yeah. things. They don't have a Chastain ghost car. So... <laughs> oh. Imagine if they had a ghost car in every simulator. Just They've the got one. Ross following well, him he's around just the like, shop. Yeah, just he's like, just like the enforcer <laughs> car that drives around smashing. Be a moose. <laughs> Be a moose. Hey, Rick Kimmy. <laughs> that son is a bull moose out there on the racetrack. But leave it to Ross Chastain to give us a caution. We really need one. And get leave it to Janie to give us some questions. What we got? Our first question comes from Austin Scott, and he asks, if you could build your ideal racetrack, what would be the length, turnstile, banking, shape, pit road, and grandstands? See, I love this question. This is the type of questions that I want you guys to send in for hashtag penny for your thoughts. Man, I think about this a lot. Now, I also think that nowadays you can come up with your dream creation of a, road, uh, of a racetrack iRacing can build it and actually see um, if it would work or not. I feel like this would be – this would – Chuck, think about your ideal racetrack. You too. Well, you do. You think about your racetrack. This would be my racetrack. It would be smaller than Richmond. Richmond is five-eighths or three-quarters? Three-quarters? Yeah, I think it's just – I might be a touch bigger than three-quarter, but yeah, I it's think, right no, around the three-quarter mark. I think it's under three-quarters. Okay. It would be smaller than Richmond – with about three to four degrees of progressive bank, but banked probably not quite Bristol, like 25 degrees. So you run the bottom. I also like the D front straightaway. It would be interesting, one, because if you're sitting in the grandstands, if you're towards turn one, you can see down turn four and vice versa. So it would be a D-shaped, 25-degree progressive banked oval with – Covered grandstands because I just think covered grandstands look sweet. Yep. Bring some of that back. And the seating capacity would be 50,000. I don't know how many Richmond holds anymore, but it would be small enough to where the, the seats would be like the supply would be less than the demand. So you'd want to sell out tickets for the next 10 years. And that's what I got. That would be my LaJoy Raceway. Oh, man. I, I like Flemington. Like I, I, just the old rectangle. I think I think if you go back to Flemington, yeah, it looked like a rectangle. But when I think about you know the truck races there, or just the short track races, and how you had to have a fast car, uh, it, it took it took everything to win there. Just like you know when you go to Darlington, you got to have good team, good car, good driver. So and it had covered grandstands, and it was a fairgrounds, and I I would go back to 
to Flemington, revamp it a little bit, and uh, if I could go Is back still in time, that's what I bring back. No, it's gone. Oh, it's up. It's a Walmart. Chuck, what would you build? I would build something that's kind of got a f- unique shape like a Darlington. Okay. There's just something about that. Like, it's not that true oval, just from a from watching it, having yeah. never raced anything. Like, that, to me, it's, it's unique. It's fun. Uh, the banking, I don't know. I like your 20... Five ish, twenty somewhere in there. It's you know not not too super speedway, but it, it, it give you fun. Uh, and I would, in my mind, like shrink Darlington just a little bit, make it a short track, but kind of funky. Yeah, but the the, the problem that you run into, you just don't want to make a track where the speeds are so fast, where the dirty air is a factor. Yeah, and I feel like even at Richmond, with as slow and as flat as it is, dirty air still. Still noticeable. I would like to see. I'm gonna bump my. I'm gonna bump the banking up with my track. I'm gonna go 35 degrees. Whatever you could pot, like whatever is the most banking you could get, and still get a jet dryer on there without flipping over barely. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. God, you you He's, would be so gassed. We could go. We, that's a question that we could talk about all day. That's yeah. a good question. I would build Bristol. Exactly like it used to be pre-progressive banking, and the only with change, asphalt. Uh, I don't care. No, I'd do concrete and I'd polish it to where it shined, <laughs> uh, and then throw baby powder down every yeah, ten laps. I would <laughs> polish it until it shined. I would have the seating capacity. I don't know, seventy-five, seventy-five grand, uh, and then I would uh, figure out some way to put a tarp over the top of it, yeah, to so keep the rain off of there it. There you go. That's what I want to design is like the thing that can like pop out and just roll the tarps over. Yeah. I'd get a ride for that because be indoors at that point in time. That's right. Uh, It'd still be open air. You know, just a little circus environment. All right. That's a good one. What do we have from Brett Silver? Brett Silver has an eight-year-old son who is doing some kart racing and wants to know your best advice for getting better. What are the most important things to learn? Man, the only way to get better is just get reps. Um, Try to get out to the racetrack as much as possible. But really and truly, man, iRacing is certainly a a key that a young kid could use to just get laps and and race around guys and understand respect and just uh, get the visual cues of different cars and tracks. So. Good luck to your eight-year-old son, man. It's a, it's a fun, fun game to play if you, uh, when you get good at it and you start getting some traction. So good luck. And our last one comes from Superhero to Five, and he wants to know if you were to pull an entire team together, choosing manufacturer, driver, crew chief, and one current team's pit crew, who do you go with? Um, interesting question. I feel like there's opportunity here to stick my foot in my mouth, but I'm gonna go with Chevy since I'm already there. Actually. Let's say I'm an owner in this situation and not t- like I'm a driver for this team. If I'm if I'm a buku billionaire coming in to buy a charter and I'm going to go buy everybody I want, like I'm building the live tour, I'm going to build my own team. I'm going to go with Chevy. You know what? I'm going to bring my own manufacturer in. I'm going to bring in Aston Martins just because I'm that rich and I don't care about anybody else. And even if Aston Martin doesn't want to acknowledge us as a NASCAR team, I'm still going to make it at Aston Martin because I'm that rich. Driver. Kyle Larson. I would put a little bit of a clamp on all these races, though. I'd be honest. I'd be like, hey, man, if I'm going to pay you $10 billion a year, you can't be racing a midget on a Wednesday night. Hang out with the family some. I want to see you do that. Crew chief, man, I feel like that driver-crew chief pairing is so important. I feel like you got to put a seasoned, experienced guy 
Cliff's done a great job, obviously Cup Series champion with him. But just for the sake of a different name with a different pairing, let's go with survey says Alan Rodney thought about Alan Gustafson um, I, Rodney was the name that Rodney. came to mind yeah so let's see what old Rodney is going to do with uh, calling the shots for Kyle Larson and how about tickets let's get you tickets from the three team for the pit crew because I, I was going to say the 12 but that front tire changers wouldn't do it for me so let's go with the 12 guys uh, or the three guys for the pit crew that would be the dream team Kyle Larson Rodney Childers driving and Aston Martin pitted by tickets. What'd you call the team? Billionaire racing. <laughs> Good one. Good one. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like something dumb. Yeah. You know? Dream house racing. Probably something like dog ear. Yeah. Nah. It's <laughs> name. We're <laughs> band. Dog ear racing. We're the D Beatles. Um, Ain't it good? No. Those are, hey, those are actually pretty good questions, guys. Thanks for sending those in penny sack of the week interesting story i had all the family air had kelly levi jensen on uh saturday night watching the truck race levi and i jump in the golf cart and we're putting around the track over in the middle of turns three and four there's like six campers that have spots set ups the whole deal like carpets out palm trees fences the whole they got the dogs they, the family so we drive around and we find a little place to nestle in there right me and levi got levi on my shoulders and there's guy the next camper over hey Corey, come on over here so i'm like oh sure we walk over there introduce himself joe forgot his last name he's from pennsylvania says he comes and camps twice a year at richmond and we sat there they were cooking tacos off me some tacos had two of them they were fantastic and um sat there and talked racing while the truck race is going on levi was having a ball petting the little doggies they had there so it was cool to uh, talk to Joe. He had like, I don't know, 12 members of his family there. They had another spot outside. Uh, so we'd appreciate guys like him supporting the sport. I guess he turned into a fan because as we jumped in, it was Eric Amarola and I in the driver intro truck. I was driving through the middle of three and four. I looked over. They went to the souvenir truck, and they bought a quarter of the toy flag, and they were flying it over their camper site. So that gave me the warm and fuzzies. So, Joe, you, sir, are the penny sack of the week love people who support the sport and also go buy a flag appreciate that and we appreciate you guys each and every week for listening make sure you guys go like download share rate review all the things and tune in this weekend guys i'm trying to line up the man of the hour kimmy reckoning we're trying to get him on the show for a spare change don't hold your breath because the ice man is elusive we'll see if we can't nail him down this weekend for a little one-on-one time talk about his first nascar cup series experiment slash experience as always love you guys thank you for stacking pennies